love has done its part And let him reign in my life and my heart If love has done its part Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness. I'm going to pass it off to you, and we're going to talk about a topic that can sometimes be politically charged. It can sometimes be socially charged. I mean, it just seems to be charged right now in our culture. Right. Well, and the topic Jonathan's talking about is homosexuality, and uh, we've just been kind of discussing it before we uh, got on the air. And then in California right now, there's some talk of of a bill and legislation that uh, could ban uh, counseling or reparative therapy for folks seeking treatment for their homosexuality. And I'm not so sure, you know, we talked a little bit about hate crimes and all that kind of stuff. I think it's also more linked to just the idea that there isn't anything wrong with a person who's gay, so therefore, why should anyone try to offer them counseling? So then, therefore, they're saying, if we must ban this whole process of providing counseling for homosexuality because there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And... And of course, from our, you know, worldview, Christian worldview, we're going to see a lot of problems with that. And kind of even, even not necessarily even from a Christian worldview, I, I see a lot of problems with that because, you know, what it, what it will immediately do is it immediately, uh, hurts all of those individuals who actually are wanting help. Sure. For, their unwanted same-sex attraction issues. Absolutely. And, and so that would immediately eliminate their possibility of even looking for help because then it would it would make them almost like an accomplice to a crime. Absolutely. Which is crazy to think of. Absolutely. And and it, isn't it interesting that, you know, as much as probably 20 years ago and 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 further back, um there were homosexuals who were str- men and women who were struggling with homosexuality who were dying to come out of the closet and show people that this is who they really were and yet they couldn't find counseling that would help them do that now the pendulum has swung completely to the opposite direction and now people are trying to say we must stop counseling who are trying to heal people from their homosexuality so mm. now you have this group of people who may be saying look we don't really want i mean which is is interesting because we I think it's important that we constantly be looking at that this isn't about a sin. It's not about the Christian church. It's not about those things as much as it is, although it is about those things. It's also about an individual story, a God who says individually to someone, I can help you with that if that's not what you want. Because God gave us free will. Mm -hmm. While he says these things are sins in the Bible, he also said, I give you free will. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for us to realize this is this particular bill, if passed, and if ultimately, you know, of course, as it generally does, spreads from California to the rest of our nation, <clears throat> then we could potentially take away a choice from men and women out there who are really saying, I feel in my heart this isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And that was my story. I felt in my heart the whole time this is not for me. While I knew it was a sin, and that was my belief, I knew the Bible said it was wrong, it was also a feeling inside me that said, this is not me. And without a place for guys and and ladies to go to to get help, then they will never know that they'll be free. And therefore, you're you're liable to see just the opposite on the other side of the scale now. You're going to have people who are in constant depression, potential suicide, because they can't get free from something that they know inside them they want to be free of. Yeah, it's almost like they'd have to go underground. Absolutely. And, and which is, isn't that counter to really what the whole movement was about anyway? Absolutely. So anyway, it's, it's, there's all kinds of crazy angles to this. But as you're talking, I'm thinking one of the things too that I think has been, uh, unfair in sort of this whole debate nationally and even in, in California and other places is that generally speaking, what tends to happen, or at least what I've seen happen in this debate, is that then the Christian community gets painted with one big stroke, sure. like one big brush stroke, uh, and, and making it seem as if all Christians are homophobes, uh, you know, gay haters, all this kind of stuff. When, when in fact, if, if some of these reporters and some of these legislatures would take, you know, five minutes, to get on the phone with any one of us, to get on, you know, to actually do a little bit of due diligence and research. Right. They would find that, first of all, not our organizations for sure, our ministries for sure, we don't go out hunting homosexuals Absolutely. and like trying to beat them over the head with the Bible and say, you said it very well. God gave us free will. And you know what? We try to treat people the way God treats people, which is we say, you have a choice. But when somebody chooses to step onto our doorstep and say, I want help, we're going to say, whatever brokenness you're in, wherever you're at, we want to help you. We want to love you with the same love that God has loved us. That's right. And I think that's a message that doesn't get conveyed out there. That is a message that doesn't get sent. And so a lot of times what ends up happening is legislators or journalists or whatever will paint this picture in this debate that if you have a Christian worldview, you are automatically a gay hater. Right. And I just think that's so unfair in this. And, and that starts to cause people to think, where can I go? And then if they do start going to try to find help, and now somebody else is going, to, you know, a legislator is going to come along and say, uh-oh, see, if you're going to a Christian organization to try to find help, then you're going to be beaten up, you're going to be hated, you're going sure. to be, you know, thrown under the bus. Absolutely. And and really, I think it's interesting because we really don't do this for any other sin area. Mm-hmm. You know, our culture has never done this for any other sin area. Nobody can tell me how many tacos I should or shouldn't have in the morning. Nobody can tell an alcoholic when to start trying to get treatment. Even if a, a modality of treatment for alcoholism calls it a disease, if somebody else wants to go over to a counselor and call it something else, they can. But for homosexuality, it comes down to we have to call it okay, and therefore no one can seek counseling for it. And I think part of that is because there's been a very good uh, campaign, if I can put it that way, a very good campaign that has caused a lot of the general public to believe that homosexuality is not like any of those other things. In other words, it's genetic or it's, you know, you're, it, you just are 
homosexual. There's nothing you can do about sure. it. Sure. So they wouldn't categorize it in the same thing as like alcoholism or anything like that. So they wouldn't. That's part of I think what's been, uh, you know, where they've done well in their strategy is being able to say, oh, see, it's not like any of those other things because I am homosexual and that's just it. You, right. You can't. I mean, that, you you can't tell a a black person just to stop being black, you know, and that's kind of the sure. debate that that then starts to happen out of that, which. You know, we've done in previous broadcasts shown sure. the fallacy of that sort of thinking, but and it's just a broken place. I mean, you know, you're you're absolutely right. It it is the one sin area that our culture now has chosen to call a life. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a lifestyle, uh, a non-choice. But I think if we were to really look at it, I mean, even there there are many things in our culture that we consider a life, a non-choice. There's fat genes, there are genes for alcoholism, there are genes for propensity to addiction, for addiction, but yet this is the only one that we're going to come along with and say, this is one particular one that we will mandate that you cannot get help in the opposite direction for. If you want to get help in accepting who you are, that's one thing. If you want to be get help to try to change who you are, then that's a whole different story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, imagine if, imagine if we did that uh, around the issue of like dieting sure or i mean just imagine i mean that would you can you imagine the upheaval that people would have of saying oh, oh i'm sorry you you can't go into this place to to change your body image that's right because you know we're we're going to call that a hate crime or we're going to say that you're you know that's not right. allowed to do that i mean it would just be ridiculous right i was born fat you know i have a fat gene this is the way i am so i should not ever have to try to try to change that i shouldn't exercise i should keep eating whatever i want to eat because this is just who I am. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if that's somebody's choice. But guess what? What if there's somebody who says, I really would like to change? And and you know what? I think some people don't realize, and you and I have said this before, and I think sometimes this shocks folks that are maybe on the other side of the debate, the ones who are really pushing hard for this type of legislation. You and I have actually said that we have no problem with the person who wants to scream in our face, I'm gay and I love it. That's right. Okay. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to jump into your life, and we're not going to. We we have a stance that says, first of all, we can only help the willing anyway. That's right. So why I have no beef with the quote unquote gay and happy crowd. Right. And and I think that on a serious note to that as well. Why are you so worried, gay culture? about giving people options if you really, truly believe that there is no way to change. Mm -hmm. Because why not give somebody that option? If they want to go look for change and they find, hey, I couldn't change, okay. I know that I personally in counseling have never told somebody, oh, sorry, you messed up again, or you've decided you're gay, you're a failure, get out of my office. Mm -hmm. It's okay if that's what you choose. I mean, I chose it for a while. I yeah. chose to believe that this is, I don't know how to stop it, so this is what I am, this must be what I do. And and that's part of that's part of the other side of the argument that I kind of want to talk about a little bit that we were talking about off air, is that I think there's also this notion out there that has been perpetuated that says there is no um, alternative, there is no, there's no reality to being cured, healed, whatever you want to call it. Right. And so I think that's another push that's been out there sort of on a on a grander campaign scale that's saying, well, see, I mean, this is why we want to pass legislation that calls it a hate crime, because 
we have these, you know, examples here, people that have tried to change and they couldn't. And so see, there's, there's no, there's no reality to people being healed of what some of these Christians are saying is a sin issue. Sure. And I think we should address that because that's part of the story that's not getting out there is that, you know what, there are a lot of ex-gays. Right. And, and it's not, they're not living in a fantasy world. They're not, you know, denying who they are. I mean, I mean, Lee, you're a great example of that. I mean, it's like you, you are a healed man. Absolutely. And people don't like to hear that, at least people in the gay community. And I think that's the sad part about it is, is that, you know, you almost, if you even come out and say, I, I'm healed, then you must be one of two things, hiding or struggling. And I can tell you, I'm not either, I'm, I'm neither one of those. And I've met plenty of guys who are neither one of those. Am I going to offer to you that the struggle is hard when you're going through treatment, when you're getting to the end of it? Sure it is. And do you, do you succeed all the time? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And so there are times during the struggle as you're trying to fight out of it that you're going to feel like this is who I am. It's just too hard to do. But I can guarantee you that no one can change my story. And you know what? In the process you just painted a picture of is the exact same process for a heterosexual addict. Sure. Or or a heterosexual that's going through sin in general. Exactly. Sin is a struggle. There yeah. is a struggle of letting go of it mm-hmm. and it, it breaking free off of you. And if we take away that right for anyone to say, this is not what I want. I don't want to be this. I don't want to be that. Whatever it is, I want freedom from whatever it looks like then we've taken away a choice from a person. And isn't that what the whole gay agenda was in the very beginning, is give us our choice? Mm -hmm. But I'm crying back to people right now, give me my choice, because I have a story. It's not a story of failure. It's a story of God's success in my life. And if you try to change that story by telling me I shouldn't have gotten healed in the first place, or maybe I didn't, then you take away hope from however many other men and women out there who say, I want to change as well. And and it's somebody calling you a liar. Absolutely. I mean, and saying your story doesn't matter. It's basically saying, hey, my story is more important than yours. It's like, well, whoa, time out. Wait a second. We're not. And that's why I, I wanted to make the comment earlier about how we're not taking away any gay and happy person's story. Absolutely. I mean, we may disagree fundamentally with how they are approaching their sexuality. But I'm not going to stand across from this person and point a finger and say, I hate you and you're that's stupid. That's right. It's like, well, you, you've made a choice. I mean, and that's why I think we have to keep sort of pressing in on that free will issue. And this is, this is really what I believe the issue is about. Are right. we going to, are we going to, as a culture and as a country, a society of laws, are we going to strip people of their free will to get help when they want help? Absolutely. And I think this was kind of born out of the whole church's reaction of, you know, oh, we don't know how to handle the homosexual. We don't know how to heal the homosexual. They're not allowed in our church because Mm -hmm. we don't know how to do it. You know what? Maybe we've made mistakes in that in the church. Maybe the church as a religious body has made some poor choices in that. But I can guarantee you it's not going to help to legislate that people can't get healing because guess what? As you just said, I think it's very interesting that the gay community fought so hard to get rights, and now they're trying to take rights away from others. Mm-hmm. And I think it's born out of the church hurt, but I would offer to to listeners that 
you know, there may be churches out there that still say, we don't know how to handle it, so we don't know that we want you in our church, homosexual. But I can tell you, I they're welcome at Shadow of His Wings Ministry. They're, they're welcome, welcome here at be broken. be broken, yeah. You want to come and you don't agree that you're supposed to change yet? Come on along. You know mm-hmm. what? I'm not here to try to force you to change. God didn't force me. Mm-hmm. He's not forcing anybody here to change. We don't go to the gay bars and rally people up and lock them in chains and drag them off down here and electrocute them and all these kinds of things <laughs> that people think have to happen to get change because that's not what God is about. See, God doesn't do that. But if we mandate that people can't at least have an option to pull into our parking lot and come in to get help, then we've shut down a person who may have had hope for something better or different, whatever the gay community might call it. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about just the possibility of healing, because I do think that's still very much a real issue in 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 the person who's struggling, you know, the person who's the person out there who's got the same sex attraction issues, who's maybe immersed in the gay lifestyle right now, but they, like you were talking about how in your gut, you know, when you were going through this, you had a feeling that just, you know, something's not right here. And, and, and how do you speak to that person who may be listening right now that's going, man, I've lived for years in this lifestyle and I can't break free. And, and, you know, I've tried a few things here and there, but you guys are talking about it like there's this, silver lining somewhere that there can actually be healing from this. And I kind of, I kind of want that, but I'm so immersed in this that, I mean, what do you say to that person to try to start helping them at least not be afraid to maybe dip their toe into a process of, of exploring healing? Well, I would tell them never stop asking for help, Mm -hmm. which is my fear about this whole legislation is it's going to stop people from asking help because you know, as you and I have seen, and I guess I feel like one of the most blessed men that I that, that I that are around because I get a chance to see men who struggle with heterosexual sex addiction, and I get a chance to see men who struggle with homosexuality, and they're not that far off. Mm-hmm. It's a struggle period. I've watched guys who've struggled with alcohol addiction. It's not that far off. I've watched guys who've struggled with addictions to just other behaviors. It's not that far off. Because the problem is, is it is a struggle. Everything in this life that's a besetting sin, whether it's eating, whether it's shopping, whether it's control, all those things, they're hard. They're hard struggles. If you want it easy, you're not going to get it. But if you want it to be lasting, you just got to keep looking for it. I went through three or four counselors before I found somebody who really understood grace in this whole process. And if you want it easy, just go wherever sin leads. Right, which is the the whole gay agenda. I mean, Go that's where easy. you feel. It's, it's easy. That's it's right. easy to follow your feelings. But then I think I think all of us, regardless of this, I mean, if you paint it in a broader picture, if you go wherever your sort of the winds of your mood and your feelings take you, all of us, no matter where that leads us, are going to wake up someday and go, this isn't what's best. Right. This isn't working. This isn't, and it, you know, whether it's, going full bore into homosexuality or full bore into alcohol or full bore into workaholism or any any number of other things, if we just kind of go where our quote-unquote feelings, you know, and just natural desires take us to the extreme, absolutely, we'll all end up in a place where we go, this isn't working. And so all we're trying to do is offer that that's, that's a very real possibility of what happens in the homosexual struggle. Sure, 
sure. is that it's just it's it's easy to get wrapped up in that and tangled up in that and and it 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 is a powerful uh drug so to speak because that community is very um well they're well organized sure <laughs> as as far as politically and so to get part of a movement where a lot of the folks that that enter into homosexuality they come from backgrounds where they were forgotten they were cast out they were ignored Absolutely. they were abandoned and so man now to be part of a community that everybody goes hey we're cheering you on we love you come on in right it's like well, that's a powerful drug it's a huge power take out the sexuality part it's a powerful thing to be right. part of a community and a community that says we accept you fully just mm-hmm. the way you are and then and it is unfortunate that the church didn't pick up that message very quickly that we accept you just the way we are the way you are I mean. And that's a sad place because guess what? It might not have caused such a, a momentum behind this lie of you're accepted just the way you are in the gay in the gay community. Because isn't that the truth? The truth is is that God does accept us just the way we are. Any sinner who walks into the church, they can hide their sin, and anybody can tell them, "Oh, well, you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you need to do this." But it doesn't mean they're going to change right away. Mm-hmm. A process of change happens through God, not somebody. And so maybe we didn't do such a great job of that. But I think we as as just citizens in this community have to begin looking at what's going to happen now that this momentum is pushing behind the gay community, whether it be fueled by hurt and pain and all this stuff or not. We're about to give up some real freedoms that people will need to hang on to if they're ever going to find hope in Christ. And And what we want to shout from the rooftops is that laws will not lead to freedom right in, in any in any way now that sounds very contradictory especially to be in a country of laws in a country where we uphold the constitution as like the you know the bible of of our country but at the end of it all laws don't set people free it's right. love is what sets people free and i think sometimes what ends up happening is when you have this kind of debate that's so politically and socially charged and it's around a topic that's so controversial. What you end up having is you either have people that jump in and fight angrily, right? Or you have people that stay a mile away from the topic. And what right. we're trying to invite people to is say, listen, maybe you haven't heard the right information about Christian ministries who want to help folks who don't want their same-sex attraction. Sure. And and maybe it's time that you consider dipping your toe in that water and saying, let's see if this love thing works, true right. love, because I have not experienced it. I, I promise you, if you're living in the homosexual community, you have you have a skewed understanding of what love truly is. And now that's you know, that can make maybe maybe make some people angry. But I think it's it's the same with any sin issue. Whatever you experience within the context of a sin that may feel like love is a facade. Sure. It's not the real thing. Right. And so we want to offer to you that we we can help you know the real thing. Right. And the real thing is, is you know what? You struggle with a sin. We love you anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, you have something you're not sure you want to get rid of. You know, I remember my uh, my dad, you know, he smoked one as I was growing up. And I remember he'd have to go sit in the parking lot at the church way in the back and smoke his cigarettes in between Sunday school and church. 
You know, um, there's a lot of people who say, well, smoking is a sin. I personally believe smoking is a sin because anything, anything, me eating too many tacos is a sin. You know, anything we let take over us, master us, it becomes a sin. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that, you know, there's such grace that God offers. And I'm sorry that we didn't always show that. But I think we have to be careful now because now, for our listeners especially, I want them to grab onto something that, there's something else out there that pushes against us, and that is a false guilt. That somehow now we've heard these stories about these poor men and women who struggled with homosexuality and got involved in some ministry, and then they were somehow hurt worse because they were forced to change, or they were told how bad they were because they were gay. You know, maybe we haven't done it right, but there's mm -hmm. been a lot of those same ministries who has done it right at times. You know, you can't take one ministry or one program and say just because they had one teenager who went to a program and was told how bad he was because he was gay, we don't even know that's what he was told. It may have just been the way he felt, you know? Like maybe saying, he didn't, maybe he wasn't wanting to go, but his mom and dad forced him to go because they thought it would help him. And he gets there, he fights through the program the whole time, and he comes out saying, see, they told me how bad I was. It's not necessarily true. He may have felt bad because he was the one in there saying, I'm gay and I'm proud of it. Mm -hmm. But we have to be careful not to grab up this false guilt that says, oh, yes, you're right. We've done a horrible thing. Maybe God did make people gay. Yeah. And I think and, and that's where we that's where we ultimately land is we say that uh, holding to the truth and loving homosexuals are not mutually exclusive. Absolutely. Meaning we can hold to the truth and, and not waver when this person is screaming in our face, but I'm gay and I'm supposed to be, and I'm, I was made that way. Right. But at the same time, we can say, I love you just the way you are. Sure. You're welcome here. You know, even if you're screaming and thrashing, if you, if you make the choice to step onto our doorstep and say, I want to know what you're about, you're welcome. You're welcome Absolutely. to come in. And, 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 and we're and not going to change, we're not going to, you know, jump off of the, the truth of God's word to try to say, oh, let me appease you and let me make you feel better. We're, but at the same time, we're going to say, we're not going to abandon you. We're not going to cast you out. We're not going to say because you struggle with sin that we don't want you around. That's absolutely true. And also knowing that, as you know and I know, we've had guys come through even here that seemed to do great and then fell again mm -hmm. went right back to their own sin whether it's heterosexual addiction or homosexuality and so don't bang i mean don't judge a ministry based upon success because sometimes it takes five or ten or fifteen times to keep learning because this is an addictive sin 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 is enticing it draws us away especially if we've been involved in it for very long so just because somebody's failed a few times don't ever stop trying to get help well, we're going to wrap it up there. And, and if you've been listening and just realize you need somebody to tell your story to confidentially and just need to kind of begin this process of what does it look like to maybe consider that I could get help for my unwanted same-sex attractions, please contact us. We're going to give you that information in just a minute. We are glad you joined us today, and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener-supported, and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com 
to donate today. Now let it rain in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Now let it rain